broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Threw a bunch of different subjects out there. A couple questions threw out there today on the show. Want to get your feedback, both by way of the phone lines at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r First, about the success of the Raiders in 2023 outside of the health of Jimmy G. We know that that's a no-brainer. Besides that, what is it going to take for the Raiders to, to do? What do they need to do? What will be the key to giving them an opportunity to be successful in 2023. And then also, since we had content day today, we got to sit down with players, coaches, had a really lengthy conversation with uh, GM Dave Ziegler. Really good stuff. If you could sit down and talk with somebody, who would it be and why? So 702-365-9200. We don't have any guests the rest of the show. We will hear from a couple players uh, that were part of the Raider Roundtable today, but we're wide open like some old school TV antenna. So if you want to call in and chime in on the show, you could definitely do that. Or... You can send us a text like our guy Dave B. in the 757 did. He said, Q, I think a key to success for us this year is performance in one-score games. That's been the deciding factor these last two seasons, and winning a majority of one-score games in 2023 will give us a fighting chance at the postseason. To your point, this is probably tied to performance on the defense and ability to turn the ball over and or make the plays that impact games. Ding, ding, ding. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Isn't that what they say? And when I say... When I start getting excited about that response, and he's talking about one-score games, the Raiders won them all in 2021. If it was a one-score game, close game, they found a way to win it. 2022, not so much. And a lot of people questioned what they were going to do in 2022 because of all those one-score victories in 2021. They're like, eventually those numbers are going to even out. Well, if you're looking for the glass half full, if you want to be glass half full guy, which I'm okay with being, especially June 5th, the numbers have to even out again at some point, right? I mean, at some point, you have those one-score games. You know, just numbers itself tells you that you're going to have more success. You're going to find ways to do it. But that also goes to what you're doing right now in OTAs. That also goes to what you will be doing in training camp, which is perfecting what you do, you know, have an understanding of what you do, being able to play faster and not think you'll have more of an opportunity to win those, those one-score games. Jared, that was so big in 2022 that the Raiders lost all the ones that they won a year before. So I always have had the mindset that a one-score game is basically a coin flip. What you need to do is avoid one-score games. That's Make it a two-score. Like, if step on people's throats. Right. That's got to be the key factor. Because once you get into a one-score game, you've left yourself open to lose a one-score game. Right. No, that's true. And JT brought that point up on the roundtable earlier today when we were at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. He says, you know, keep attacking, keep attacking, keep attacking. If you're up... Keep keep going at it. And, and the one thing about it is, and again, this is assuming the, the health of Jimmy G, with the understanding of the offense, you would hopefully and believe that at least he can still plan to attack, right? He can still – Josh McDaniels would be confident enough to, to call the plays where they do keep attacking instead of getting the lead and deciding, all right, we're going to slow it down with the run game or this, that, and the other. I think this is where Michael Mayer comes into effect as well because they don't have to go hyperspeed with the lead, but you also want to keep extending drives. And I think that that tight end that can make himself available on third and five, third and six, he can, he can extend those drives. And the other thing about this is 
Michael Mayer is a guy who, as I know, he still has to work on, on his blocking. He's a willing blocker, and he's pretty good at it right now. I think he'll only get better. We know that he can catch the ball really well. So when he's out there in that jumbo package, you know that there's a chance that they could throw the ball to him. There's also a chance that they could run behind him. Last year when they put the jumbo package out there, what'd they do? They had Thayer Munford out there. They were going to throw the ball to Thayer Munford just like they were going to throw the ball to me. Right? They weren't going to throw the ball. I'm not even on the field, so you know they ain't throwing it to me. The only chance I got to get my hands on the ball was what I did today. When you get, it, when you get <laughs> handed to you and right. then people start um, organizing your demise. Exactly. Exactly. So when Thayer Munford was out there, you knew damn well, okay, they're not throwing it to him. So they're obviously going to try to run the ball, and he's going he's gonna to be a blocker. Well, with Mayer out there, he could still be that blocker in that jumbo package, but he also is a threat that he could catch the ball because, well, that's what he does. So that's an element that I think will help extend drives. You extend drives, you keep the defense off the field, and you don't allow the other team to have that opportunity to score. I think that that is a big deal. But also, just in general, the defense being better and being more improved and being more confident in what they're doing. So one of the pieces that they brought in this offseason was Marcus Epps, safety from the Philadelphia Eagles. He played a whole lot of snaps, a whole lot of games in 2022. Of course, they didn't win the Super Bowl in Philadelphia, but they were there, and he played more snaps than anyone. So he joined JT, Eric Allen, and myself earlier today uh, at the Raiders Roundtable at the facility, and uh, JT just uh, started off asking him a question about how it feels to be looked at as a, such an important key to that Raiders defense. Honestly, it feels it feels really good. I mean, you know, from my, my journey, it's kind of always been, you know, just being the underdog from, you know, being a walk-on in college to six-round pick. So, you know, I really felt it felt like this offseason, like all that hard work was was coming together. And, you know, it's 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 a blessing to have this opportunity um, that this this organization, I mean, storied franchise, they, they, they see that trust in me and, and for them to come get me. It, it felt really good. Do you consistently remind yourself about that journey to keep that that fire burning? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I always want to have that chip on my shoulder. Um, I always want to feel like I have something to prove. Um, you know, I never want to be complacent. I always want to keep that hunger and keep that drive and keep keep working and striving for more. Yeah, it seems like the Raiders have a bunch of guys like that who's had to overcome adversity. Talks a little about last year and how uh, each week you have to play at your best. Uh, each week you have to get that secondary kind of in the perfect position to make those plays. Talk to us about the journey, the, the successes, and some of the failures. Yeah, you know, it was a really fun year last year. Obviously it didn't end the way um, we wanted it to, but, you know, had a lot of fun playing football with that group of guys. And, you know, it's like you said, I mean, in the NFL, it, it's a week-by-week week thing. Um, you know, whether you won the, the week before or you lost the week before, you got to, you know, stay level-headed. You can't, you can't look too far in advance on the schedule. You can't look in the past. You got to bring that same fire, that energy each week. Um, and, you know, be prepared or you can lose any any given Sunday. So, you know, you got to kind of um, have that just stay here, stay even keeled throughout the season, stay focused and, and keep working each week. We're uh, watching a couple of your plays here on the B-roll, making it deep in the end zone behind the line of scrimmage. How do you describe your play, the, the running game and especially being on the back end and being a ball hawk at times? What's the best description of the style you play? Um, for me, I like to think of myself as a, a, a pretty versatile DB. You know, I feel like I can play free or strong. I feel like I can slide down in the slot and play nickel if I ever needed to. Um, but that's just, you know, that's 
that's for my work ethic in the off season of just always trying to sharpen my tools, sharpen my skill set so that, you know, anywhere I'm asked to play on the field, I feel comfortable, um, whether it's in the box, whether it's deep in coverage, low in coverage in the slot. You know, I want to feel comfortable. So, you know, I make sure to put that work in um, in the off season to always sharpen my skill set. How much have you uh, uh, embraced that leadership role also in that in that secondary room now being brought in as a free agent? Yeah, it's been cool, man. Honestly, you know, coming in, I just wanted to make sure that I was being myself. You know, first and foremost, I wanted to make sure I was really getting to know the guys and making an effort to get to get to know everyone in the room. Um, you know, and then I feel like I feel like that that leadership comes. It, it's got to come naturally. Right. You know, I didn't want to come into the room and try to like really force it. I just wanted to, you know, develop those relationships and you know be a part of the group. Um, so you know, so far it's been it's been going really good. Um, everybody's been very welcoming. Um, I think we got a real good group of guys, so I'm excited to see what we can do this year. Man, you're always around the ball. I mean, it just you, know, you pop on the film. You're always in the right spot, always around the ball, uh, and it's not easy, right, in this league because everyone's looking at you as far as opponents checking film out. How are you able to stay consistently around the ball? Uh, I think it's just film study. Um, you know, you gotta. Each week, you got to make sure that you're prepared. I mean, if, if, if you can come in prepared, if you know what the offense is going to do, it makes it a lot easier out there. Um, so I think that's what I would attribute to the most is film study. Yeah, so to follow up, what are, the, what are the steps? Did you come into the league like that? When did you learn it if you didn't? And how have you continued to do that? Um, honestly, I feel like that's been one of the things of, you know, as a young player, it's kind of like sometimes – when I was young, I would feel myself watching film, but kind of be like, you know, <laughs> "What am I, I watching?" Really, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really know like what I'm watching, what I'm picking up on. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I feel like the last two seasons is when I've really gotten into a good, a really good routine of, you know, watching cutups, um, knowing what I'm looking for, whether it's play action pass, boot, third down, um, things like that. You know, my my previous DB coach, um, Denard Wilson, he helped me out a lot with that of just you know, how to watch film, um, the certain ways to put on the tape, how he did it. And, you know, I've kind of just the past two seasons, I've stuck with that, have my routine now, and it's helped me out a lot. Yeah. You know, Marcus, I was excited when they brought you in quickly because it's a need. Mm-hmm. And there's some good players here, and you're going to mentor some of them. But Patrick Graham needs someone like you to kind of flip this thing quickly. We just had Max on. He's fantastic. And Chandler Jones, Tyree Wilson goes number seven overall. Robert Spillane comes in. With the green dot but you're really important because this thing's got to change there's got to be some interceptions some fumbles take it back the other way and get that angry defense going you just played on one of those defenses what was that like what can you bring to this organization coming off your recent success playing on a defense that was just flat out nasty honestly i think a lot of that is it's, it's really just a mindset and you know it doesn't it doesn't just happen in the games it starts in practice and i feel like you know, right now it's early, right? But I feel like we've come we've come in with a good mindset. You know, I've seen the improvement, you know, day in and day out of, you know, guys really making an effort to, to learn the defense, um, to get more comfortable with the different coverages that we're running. So I think that's where it starts, right, of just knowing, you know, how you can play different coverages um, and whatnot. And then from there, it's just a mindset of bringing that, that attitude um, each and every day in practice of, you know, I'm going to go get the ball. So, you know, once... It, once you start doing that, it just becomes becomes habit, and um, you know good things start happening in the games. You know, you talk about you you see it developing, you see it getting better. There was a play, I think, last Thursday, maybe in OTAs, where a ball was tipped, it dropped to the ground, and two plays later, a ball was tipped, 
and I think Trayvon Mary came away with it and took it the other way. Is that part of the, the conversations even being had in the secondary room, like get to that ball, you got to yeah. get to that ball? Yeah, definitely, and that's what, you know, PG's been talking about it a lot. Um, Coach Ash, Simo, you know, they've all been talking about, you know, getting our hand on the ball, um, you know, and just going out there and making plays. You know, that's what, what they're trying to do with the defense this year is give us a little bit more freedom um, on the back end to go make plays. So, you know, I'm really excited about, you know, how we're taking those steps every day. Um, and, you know, I'm really excited about what we can do this year. Yeah, I'm looking at the list here. You know, Chris Smith comes in at Georgia, winning the titles, and I see USC, Miami, and then Wyoming, right? So take us through the transition from high school to college. You talked about your situation here. You've had this chip for a long, long time. What was the big moment for you in either high school or college where you thought, yeah, I can do this, I could be a pro eventually? You know, as crazy as it sounds, it's – you know, I've always just felt that way, you know, just since I was a kid in, in Pop Warner, man, I've always just, you know, had that thought in my mind, like, you know, this is what I want to do, so I'm going to make it happen. Um, and I've never let anybody, you know, deter me from that from that mindset. I've never let anybody, you know, I've never let anybody else's expectations of me come on to me. I've never let anybody else's disbelief in me change the way I feel about myself. Nice. Um, so, you know, I've just from there, I've just always kept it going. I've always made sure I put the work in, and, you know, I've just continued to get better. So That's that California cool, JT. You know? that's, <laughs> the, that's the California, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, EA, yeah. well, it's interesting because you played with Jerome Brown and Reggie White. Yeah, You're one of the yeah. great Eagle defensive backs of all time. What I love about this situation here we're going to ask you about the legends who played here mm. so lester hayes yeah and you look at the defensive backs mike haynes and then the safeties who have played over the years charles woodson was yeah. having a conversation with george atkinson the other night about jack tatum mm -hmm. and charles the michigan legend who was from ohio yeah. was hearing george talk about jack so you hear about jack tatum and the players that were around that alumni weekend did that yeah. resonate with you who have played in this defensive backfield over the decades? Yeah, definitely. And then even, um, you know, last Thursday when we had that, that alumni dinner yeah. and just, you know, hearing, you know, all the guys talk about, you know, the history of this franchise. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of culture here. Um, there's a lot of history here of, you know, winning. And, you know, I mean, it's one of the most storied franchises in the league for sure. So, you know, it's just it's a blessing to be able to, to be able to play for this franchise, especially being an LA guy, I know how many, how big uh, the Raiders fans are back yeah. home. So you know, I'm really excited, really excited to be back on the West Coast, be close to home, and, and play for this organization. Well, there's, more, there's more Raider fans in LA yeah, still yeah. than Ram and Charger <laughs> right. fans, no doubt. Facts. Yeah. But I gotta ask you a big one about the fans, because Eagle fans. Raider hey, fans, there are similarities. Hey, yeah, there, there are. are. Yes. As a matter of fact, I'd say that might be one of the biggest similarities. Yeah. What was it like to deal with the Eagle fans game day afterwards, critical or positive in your play? And now Raider fans, very similar. They're notorious is the word you hear a lot. They're mm -hmm. demanding. They're really smart. They're going to expect the best out of you. Yeah, you know, I've really – I've kind of learned to, uh, you know, block out the expectations that are outside of this building. Mm -hmm. Um you know, to me, the expectations that are the most important are the ones that are in this building. Because, um, you know, it's it's hard to see everything that's going on when you're not inside this building, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, I know the, the work that we put in as a team. I know the work that, that you know, that we put in together, what we strive for. Um, so, you know, I think those are the most important things um, to, to remember is just what's in the building is what is what matters most. Well, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Have a healthy year. Really excited to be here. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Marcus Epps, newest addition 
to the silver and black. There's the drone. <laughs> the drone. There it is. More that's drone your, that's coverage your drone, coming JT. up. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> right here, Raiders Roundtable as we continue. That was the drone. That sound that you kept hearing was the drone that was flying above us earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And it, it was so funny hearing that thing because I'm sitting there and where it was, it was behind me for the longest. I had no idea what it was. They told us ahead of time that there was going to be a drone at some point, but I hadn't seen it or heard it. And then all of a sudden I'm hearing that damn noise and I'm like, what in the world is that? And then all of a sudden you see the drone fly by and it does a, a almost like a U-turn in front of us. And then it flies right by my ear. Like I, maybe I was a target today. Maybe they, they were like, oh, Q's got a target on his back. I was the only guy wearing a white shirt. So maybe that was it. Maybe they're like, oh, go get the guy in the white shirt. Give him a ball and go get him. I, he's the target. But, yeah, that thing flew right by my ear, Jared. It was hilarious. Like, is JT sitting on one side of me? I'm sitting in the middle, and EA's on the other side. And all of a sudden, it's like the drone split the difference between me and JT, and I just kind of did a, whoo, hold up now. Let me get out the way. So, you know, I did ask. I said, hey, if that drone hits us, uh, you know, who do I – where do I file the complaint to? And they, everyone looked and goes, oh, man, I, that's – yeah, man, I don't know. I'm not your guy. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's an outside company that we uh, contracted. Right, right, uh, right, they're right. independently insured, so you'd have to you'd have to go through their legal. <laughs> yeah, that ain't no drone. That was a bird that just flew here, through here. Q, what are you talking about, right? That's how that would go. But, no, that was – again, that was just another element of it. It's so crazy how so many different things are added to the mix and, and how the technology is, is providing – better and better coverage i mean to think about that drone flying around was taking video right and i don't know what the video looks like I'll, i'm sure i'll see it at some point but just to kind of see how the sausage is made you know be there and see all the different setups and see how all the uh, all, all the players come out and take their pictures and how they get their action shots and then you know you don't really think a whole lot of it right now but when the regular season happens and Devontae adams comes up with a catch or something and it's a pretty tough one then also you look at the jumbotron and you see him making this tough catch or whatever like, oh, hey, I remember that from Media Day. That's when, you know, that's that's how that one came about. So there's a lot of creative people that work behind the scenes, man, that really do a hell of a job that none of us really recognize until it's all said and done. And and then you realize, like, man, there was a lot of work that was put into that. Just like the Raider Roundtable, again, three and a half hours. I, I, I want to say, oh, man, that was a long time for us to talk. But really, the work that was going on behind the scenes and uh, coordinating with Will and coordinating with others to get players there at a certain time and you know making sure we were out on time and got them out on time, people in our ear. I mean, it was, it was a complete team effort. So I definitely appreciate the Raiders uh, for allowing me to be a part of that. And I had a buddy hit me up on Twitter. The Raiders put out a, a, a picture on Twitter. They tweeted out some, like four or five pictures from – from the uh, the media day today, and me and EA and JT and Marcus Epps, as a matter of fact, the guy you just heard from, were all part of that picture. And my buddy sent it to me in a DM on Twitter and was like, dude, did you ever think that like 15 or 20 years ago, Raider fan Q, who's in Texas, would be sitting in the Raiders facility chilling? And I was. I mean, if you see me in this picture, got legs all, you know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> chilling, your element. I'm in my element, man. I felt like I was at training camp myself, right? I had the ball in my hand. I got my little my t-shirt on. I don't even have a collared shirt on today. Got my t-shirt on, my dry fit, you know, got the, the shoes on, the new shoes, like it's the first day of school, made sure I got my hair cut. But it's just like I'm just relaxing. And then they said, they gave us instructions this morning. They're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be kind of loose and relaxed. I'm like, done, all good. But, yeah, just sent me that picture. was like, did you ever imagine that that would be you, you know, Sitting up there chilling with these guys, these you know the greats. You know JT's been doing it forever, and of course EA did it for a very long time on the field. And I was a big fan. I always tell the story, and, and me and EA crack up all the time. 
I literally first met Eric at the barbershop in Hayward, California, and he would bring his son in to get his hair cut, and him, he'd go to the same barber I did. He went to, we went to Gigi, and she would cut our hair up, and she was probably the best in the business, and she still is one of the best in the business, but it was just we'd sit there, and we're talking football, and I would talk to him, and now all of a sudden I'm working with him. Like, are you kidding me? All these years full circle, instead of just being a fan of the team and, and chopping it up with EA uh, in the barbershop, I'm literally sitting next to him at the Raider Roundtable getting ready for a 2023 season. Like, that's incredible. It, it really is. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm blessed every day when I think about it. So, like I said, shout-out to the Raiders for allowing me and asking me to be a part of the Raider Roundtable. 420 is the time. We'll get back to your calls and texts. Plus, we'll hear from another new Raider, Jacoby Myers, around 430, the conversation he had with us earlier today at the Raider Roundtable. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to my guy Jared Justice, who's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, holding it down for us this afternoon. Definitely appreciate his efforts. I'm at the home studio. I'll be back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio tomorrow. Programming note, show will start at noon. It'll be 12 to 3.30. So JT the Brick is on his way to, well, he'll be on his way tomorrow morning to Maui. A little vacation time, a little R&R, as we all need a little bit of R&R time. Uh, Clay and and. Lindsay and Vinny will take some time sooner rather than later as well from the morning tailgate, get a little break in before the grind of the NFL season comes up. Even though I don't know about when it comes to Lindsay, I don't know how much of a break she's going to get because the Stanley Cup finals are going on right now. She is glued. She is locked in, and she is one of the busiest. I think I'm busy. Lindsay has been so busy as of late, especially with the Stanley Cup finals going on. Of course, uh, being on the morning show, uh, being around town reporting, doing this. I mean, she's been all over the place, different events that she was at. She was at the Aces watch party for Buffalo Wild Wings on Sunday in a game that I thought the Aces were going to lose. It looked like they were going to lose. It's funny. Little Q was here. He went back, he went back to Cali yesterday, uh, last night. We were watching the game. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. He's, he loves watching basketball. Obviously, as a basketball player, he enjoys watching basketball. So we're watching. And I was like, I'm sorry, dude. I got you watching this game. It looks like the Aces are going to take an L. And he kept saying, I don't know. They might make a comeback. And I was like, man, they average about 90 points a game, and they're not going to get anywhere close to 90 points in this game. Yeah, they ended up with 86. <laughs> <laughs> they ended up with 86. So, okay, it wasn't quite an Aces performance like they usually have. But they still found a way to win a game in a tough environment. Uh, Indiana was a, a hell of an opponent on Sunday. And, and I know that Indiana doesn't have the success. I think they only have one win on the season. But they've got some talented players. And they were giving the Aces everything that they could ask for. And so uh, i got to give them a lot of credit, Becky Hammond and company, for being able to come up with that victory, even though it looked like they were going to take an L. So uh, there's going to be a game tomorrow. So after 3.30, we're going to uh, we're gonna sign off, and it'll be an Aces game. We'll do the same thing on Thursday as well. So Unnecessary Roughness will be heard uh, from 12 to 3.30 on Tuesday, which is tomorrow, and then 12 to 3.30 on Thursday as well, and we'll make way for Aces basketball following that. So every once in a while, we you know make a little moves. We have to change things up a little bit depending on what we got going on, Aviators baseball, Aces basketball, whatever the case may be. It's crazy that you're thinking about it's early June, and we're as busy as we are when it comes to sports. Usually, Jared, you think that, okay, this is the time of the year where it slows down. Only thing on is baseball. Man, we got the Stanley Cup Finals going on here in Vegas. We got the Aces playing red hot. Of course, the Raiders are going to be doing their thing in training camp sooner rather than later, and it's, it's, it doesn't seem like it really slows down at all. No, that's and you were talking about how blessed you feel, and I, as somebody who's wanted to do sports radio in Las Vegas forever, now that we have sports as a 24-7 right. and we don't, I mean, 
we do every once in a while talk about the line and who's favored and mm-hmm. gambling, but it doesn't have to 100% be about it. We can actually right. be like, this person's our player. That's right. that's that's what I feel blessed about. You I, know what's funny about that? I'm glad you brought that up because I always, no matter what shows I'm doing, if it's ESPN, National, whatever the case may be, they're always like, hey, make sure we, uh, we, we talk about the betting lines. Make sure we talk about the lines of the games. And I just laugh, right? Because at one point, and I haven't been obviously in Vegas that long. This is going on my year two. But it's like that was the only conversation that was being had or most people thought was being had in Las Vegas for the longest. And now it's like everyone's trying to force it into the conversation because we know how big it is, how the betting lines. And if we look around the NFL right now, uh, the biggest news of the day from Adam Schefter is that there's players that are being investigated for gambling. Right. And some of these are going to be some pretty big could be some big suspensions uh, with the Colts and other teams uh, where they are betting on even their own games. And so it's, it's crazy how at one point, like, gambling was never even talked about. Now it's talked about to a certain, a huge uh, element. Like, everyone's talking about it. And then we have such good teams here that we're not talking about yeah. it because we're like, hell, let's just talk about the games, the wins, the, the players that are playing. It's like it, that doesn't have to be the conversation all the time. And that's, yeah, and that's that's kind of, so when I first uh, started producing sports radio here at Lotus, the show I did was an hour long, nothing but like, we're going to go from the top of the sports schedule yeah. to the bottom for the day, and we're going to go plus 12, what do you think? Plus right. 13, what do you think? And it was just like, there is some guy who is glued to this that thinks it's fantastic, but those of us that are like sports people right. want to hear like, yep. I don't know, man, he just seems like a quitter. I've never believed in Jay Cutler. <laughs> like... <laughs> Those exactly. type of people are a little bit like, all right, cool. Can we can we talk about the narratives? Right. No, you're right about that. Make it feel like I'm in a sports book. I do enjoy going and watching the, the all the action though in sports books. I'll tell you that. That's that's a man. Oh. That's so much fun just going and sitting there and just checking out every single TV and there's something going on and then you look over to the left or right or whatever and you see the horse racing going on too. It's like, man, it, you really can't you really can't go wrong. So that's been that's been a lot of fun. But yeah, man, just just being. Being here and knowing how large and how massive this sports market is, and it's only getting bigger. Of course, there's all the conversations about the A's. Like I said many times, I believe that when I see it. The NBA, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, obviously, the um, you know we have we have the G League ignite around the corner from the house, and uh, that's really cool. I heard I forget who it was though, but there's some player that is going to be playing for G League next year who's supposed to be some big-time player. And I forget, I think Ian Fitzsimmons told me about it the other day on on uh, Freddie Fitzsimmons, and I was so excited. And he said, what are you so fired up for? I said, G League at night, play around the corner from the house. Oh, boy, like, I'm good, right? I mean, this is this is great. This is great to be able to go around the corner and see see these guys play, just like we saw Webb Benyana, uh last year. We saw Scoot. I mean, uh, those are big-time players, man. That's, that's the future of the NBA is playing right around the corner. I mean, if this whole, you know, being my boss thing doesn't work out, you could be the Brian Windhorse of this new guy of the G League <laughs> tonight. Just follow the coattails to superstardom. That dude, he has built a whole career off LeBron James. A whole career from high school all the way. Maybe I could do that with Quentin Johnston. Maybe yeah. Quentin Johnston could be my LeBron James. I'd say, well, you know, I covered him at Temple, in Temple, Texas. Covered it. I'm, I think I'm going to work on that. When the Raiders play the Chargers. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and ride the tails. It's Q and Q, right? I'm Q is promoting Q. Quentin Johnson and your boy Q. There you go. I was, young man from Temple, Texas. Now he's an L.A. Charger. Yeah, I, I'm, I, maybe I should do that. Brian Windhorst. Uh, shout out to him, man. Look, I, I ain't mad at him. Whatever, whatever your hustle is, 
Make it work for you. Do what you do. But he has built a whole career off LeBron James, and LeBron just happens to be the guy in year 20, right? I mean, yeah. so not only has he built a career, he built it on the player that's had the longest career. I mean, that's – he picked the right guy. He picked the right guy. I ain't mad at him. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Wendy. But uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, getting back to the conversation that we we've been having today, uh, the don't be broke dot com text line and the phone lines at seven zero two three six five nine two hundred six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Threw a couple questions out there to you outside of of Jimmy G and his health because we know that that's obviously going to be the key. What will be the biggest key in your mind for the Raiders to have a chance of success? in 2023, and then talking about content day at the Raiders facility. We had that earlier. If you could sit down and have a conversation with any player, who would it be and why? We've had a few different answers. I have a few Max Crosby's, had a couple Josh Jacobs, but who would you want to sit down and talk with? You can hit us up at any point at 702-365-9200. One guy that we did get an opportunity to sit down with was wide receiver Jacoby Myers. Obviously, this is the first year with the team. He's very familiar with Josh McDaniels and very familiar with uh, all the all the different players that have come in, a lot of them in this system. We remember that he made that that play that wasn't a great play uh, for the Patriots that helped the Raiders get the victory last year when he threw that pass back and Chandler Jones took it out of the air and took it to the house and one of the most incredible plays of 2023. Well, he's now a member of the Silver and Black. So he sat down with us and we started off by asking about the transition to the Raiders and how it's going so far. I've been smooth, man. I feel like it's perfect because it's enough people that I do know and enough people that I don't know. So. I get to rekindle with old friends, you know what I mean? I haven't seen them in it. And then also meet a bunch of the new guys. So the experience, yeah, we working hard, too. You got to work hard. At the same time, I'm getting to learn my teammates, and it's been real cool. What what has it been like at OTAs? Because you guys are working hard. And for me, from being able to watch from the sideline, it looks like you guys are moving around from station to station really quickly. Mm -hmm. Oh, we running. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We running, you know what I'm saying? But it's been cool, though, you know what I mean? Because we all in together. Mm -hmm. We all Uh trying to get better. I feel like everybody bought in for the most part. So. It's exciting. Do you feel like you have your teacher's hat on too as as mm. you're going through? Are are you are you conscious of hey, I need to pick my pace up so the young mm. guys understand what this practice needs to be about? See, now I kind of look at it differently. I feel like these young guys they come into the league so good now these days, you okay. know, or they got so much talent just from watching older guys and watching highlight tapes. So yeah. I'm always watching them just to see what they bring, the fresh, new, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm still yeah. a young guy. Then right, day, so yeah, for sure. I feel like I can learn from anybody, young, old, you know what I mean, black, white, no matter who it is. Yeah. You just, you name it, I'm paying attention. And if I can't help, I will help. Right, right. The system here when you go four wide, EA knows we do the pregame together. I'm saying, I want to <laughs> see him four wide, yeah. five wide. <laughs> when you look over, Devontae's there, Hunter, Michael mm-hmm. Mayer. Whoever's there and looking down the line there, mm-hmm. what is that like? And for you, a guy who was a number one option or number two, same thing here to know you're going to get your share of balls, but mm-hmm. you're going to run routes to get your teammates open. Man, it's exciting. Honestly, I'll be, I'll be watching practice like, geez, he know how to get open too. <laughs> <laughs> you can get open too. Like, it's, it's real dope. So just, it's exciting. Honestly, like you said, just a lot of guys who who are good at their craft. You know, you can tell they put a lot of time in it. So. I just got to go out there and put a lot of time into mine, be yeah. good at mine, and match the intensity. So yeah. it's fun. It's competitive. You know, talking about the system, you recently said that Josh McDaniels is going to give you the answers to the test. Mm-hmm. You just got to accept it. So when was that moment for you when you understood that, hey, the answers are right in front of me? I can tell you it wasn't my rookie year. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can definitely tell you that one. You know, it was, I just knew I was going to do it my way. And yeah. that's probably why my uh, rookie year went the way it went. You know, I, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time on the bench, a lot of time watching. But in those moments, I guess going into the next year, 
it kind of helped me that I got to watch that long. So mm-hmm. I would say my second year in the league, I definitely picked it up a little bit more. Yeah. What do you do really well right now? Mm-hmm. And then what are the things that you need to work on and who are you looking at to help you strengthen that part of your game that you need, you think needs, needs work? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I would say something I do well. I feel like I know how to get open. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How, 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 do, you, how do you get – I'm a corner. I mm-hmm, can cover, mm-hmm. right? I know what you do best. Yeah. I'm looking at film. Right. If you like to stick me outside, inside, and go out, okay, I know that. I've right. worked all week at that in practice. Right. So when we get to the game, I know what you like to do. Right. So how are you going to get open? See, that's the thing, though, with corners, though. Whether you watch me or not, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to do what's comfortable for you because you're playing backwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's all going to fall down to who you are as a player. So I feel like what helps me is knowing what kind of corner you are. Okay. You know what I mean? Because if you sit in second or third move, you sit in second or third move. Yeah. You know? You're going to always sit second or third move. You're not just going to get the game time and decide, you know what, I'm going to sit on the third move today. <laughs> I've been always doing second. But this game, I, nah, you're going to do what you do best, and I'm going to try to – Stay with that and make sure I'm paying attention to what it is. And if you switch it up, I try, I try to be on that too. So. Okay. Yeah, we just saw I'm some B-roll attention. of you making some big catches and a couple mm-hmm. of high-point catches. Mm-hmm. What is that like in this system here? Because Devontae made some of the greatest we've seen last year. You can mm-hmm. go up in double coverage and grab that high-point catch. Mm-hmm. How much do you work on that? That's all my life, you know. Yeah. Before I even knew I was going to play football, I got brothers. So okay. we'll be outside. You know what I mean? Like, you already know what time it is. Yeah. I'm outside. We playing Moss, Jackpot, you name it. Like, we out there. We trying to dunk on each other. So I guess that's just something I've been in training for and not awesome. even realizing it. You yeah. know what I'm that's a, that is awesome. I'm, I'm seeing if you guys are going to line up. I'm, I'm seeing you. almost. That. almost I know, that's what I'm saying. I can see you know it. I can see it coming up. leaning back. He's leaning back. I'm always running. You know what I mean? So I'm just I'm the soft press right now. Right now, you know, hey, so find out what he's going to do. Because I like teeing you up, you know that. <laughs> Tell them how many career INTs you had. Around 54. 54. Yeah, you 54. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? But I'm still a show me guy. Yeah, right, right, I'm a show me guy. Right, right, right. I got to see it. Yeah, you know sure. who's, the, who's the toughest guy you've uh, you went up against uh, in the league so far? Oh, my rookie year, I would say Steph. Okay. That's probably. Yeah. Because that was just a, a learning experience, definitely a humbling experience. You know, uh-huh. Somebody who, who's smart, athletic. And then not gonna say nothing after right. they beat you. I'm like, yeah. bro, say something. Like, <laughs> yeah. get me going. Right, right, right. But nah, he he just he beat you straight up, dude. Got talent, man. Uh-huh. So that was something. And I was kind of doing a lot of scout team reps at that time. So yeah, yep. I'll be going against him any chance I can. Yeah. Like, who who did he? I got it. <laughs> do you yeah, talk on the field? Do you, do you? I used to, but I don't I don't learn. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm paying attention, like I said. Right. So just, uh-huh. A lot of guys who I look up to were quiet players who just mm-hmm. did their job. So okay. I kind of try to. Take that mode along. Take that mode. What do you think of Vegas now, before coming to Raider, coming out here with your guys, getting a quick trip in, mm-hmm. weekend, now that you're going to be here, living here, setting down some roots? Mm-hmm. What, what's jumped out at you at Vegas so far? Man, Vegas is beautiful, honestly. Yeah. I just, I only thought it was the strip, being from the East Coast. I'm like, you go to Vegas, you go on the gamble, you're going to do something you ain't supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, nah, it's, it's nice family life out here. They yeah. got nice parks, you know what I mean? It's goals outside. The weather nice until the summer. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. The summer. But now nah, it's just real cool, man. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. And that's why I like Vegas a lot. Like, it's really your world. And you just got to decide how you want to live it. So, yeah. well, But you got this beautiful yeah. facility, you yeah. know, so when it is hot out, right, you can come yeah. in here. And <laughs> right. How, how cool is this facility? Like I said, you came here last year, obviously. But just being here, how, how nice mm. is this for you to know this is your home? Nah, it's futuristic here, man. It's, I like that. They really uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. I got definitely. that. Yeah. Like, they, 
they really put their money into it. And you can tell that they care about the players here, you know, just you don't do all this and not care about the players. The training staff, nice. The locker room guys, nice. It's, it's perfect, honestly. So they give you all the reasons to be good. It's just it's my job as a player to go out there and be good. So I got to take advantage of all my resources and use them to the best well, of my ability. Well, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. We know you got a busy day coming up after yes, Brian, but have a great and healthy year. Thanks for coming Appreciate on. Appreciate that. Thank you. Jacoby Myers with us earlier with JT, Eric Allen. Uh, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I'll tell you right now, Jared, I don't know, and I, I kind of let you know about it before it happened. I, I, I tried. You heard me. You tried. You heard me try to instigate the little uh, EA versus Jacoby Myers out there on the field. I thought I was going to get them on the grass to do a little, you know, one-on-one drill or whatever. It looked like EA could still go, man, and, and give it a run for his money, but I love how he said, how are you going to get open? I'm a corner. How are you going to yeah. get open? And then they started going back and forth, and I was like, man, they just need a little bit more fuel to that fire to get it going. I loved the, okay. Like, <laughs> EA just was like, right. uh-huh, right. sure, that's what you're going to do. Yep. You're not no. going to do it to me, but right. that's what you're going to do. And then the humble little, uh, about 54 interceptions, like, like about around around that number. Give I or take, one or right. two. Exactly, exactly. No, that was that was fun. That was a good little conversation with Jacoby, a uh, real down-to-earth dude, and, and just being able to see him and EA – you know, uh, talk with each other and go wide receiver, cornerback. And the thing about it is, Jared, the thing that I realize, I'm a lifelong Raider fan. So I see Eric Allen. I know who Eric Allen is. I know all his accolades. I know what he meant to the organization, what he means to the NFL. I see other players around the organization that, you know, are working with the organization now, and I understand who they are. Some of these guys, like a Jacoby Myers, don't realize how great Eric Allen was. You know, I, it's, it, what cracks me up and what kind of blows my mind that I saw today is guys like Marcus Epps introduced himself to Eric. It was like, hey, Marcus Epps. And, Eric, and, you know, EA is like, Eric Allen. Okay, nice to meet you. Like, you know what I mean? But for me, it's like I see Eric Allen. I'm like, what's up, dog? It's, you know, EA, what's up? You know, and, and it's just it kind of – I kind of take it for granted. And, and, you know, Raider fans at Allegiant Stadium, when EA and, and JT are doing the pregame show, they'll go up to him and, and ask for a picture or an autograph. And he's very, very – cool with his time like he doesn't mind at all he'll always take pictures and stuff like that and it, it's so funny because if you're someone that comes from another organization you might not realize what a guy like Eric Allen meant to the organization and uh, how important he was and, and what kind of a role he played and the fact that he helped Charles Woodson become who Charles Woodson was right I mean he was the guy that was kind of tasked with mentoring uh, Charles Woodson and teaching him what a pro does and it's just so funny seeing some of these newer players uh, younger players as well come in and just kind of Introduce himself to, oh, hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, EA, okay. And I take it for granted. Like, that's Eric Allen. That's Eric freaking Allen, right? That guy is yeah. a stud. So it's, it's pretty cool. What I really loved that um, that he said, and this may be just my absolute, like, infatuation with the city that we live in, is I love that he was just like, man, Vegas is beautiful. Like, it was almost like that's part of, like, in the same way that you're like, you didn't know who Eric Allen is, is I'm like, you didn't, you didn't know this town. But now right. that you're here, you understand this town. And that's something that I absolutely, every time a player, especially one that's never been here and like, you know, oh, my grandma lives here, right. whatever. Anytime they say something like that, that just puts a huge smile on my face as like, welcome to the community. Right. Most people don't know, right? When I was, you know, in the process of moving to Vegas, most people were like, Q, you're going to Vegas? How are you going to survive? You know, this, that, and the other is it's. 
going to do too much partying, man. You ain't going to be able to do this, that, and the other. And I'm like, man, it ain't, it ain't all that, right? I mean, it's, there are parties, of course. I mean, that's, you know, that's what it's famous for. But there's so much else going on in Vegas, and I think people are starting to realize that. And obviously when you move to Vegas and you're, you know, you're here every single day, uh, as you know, like we don't go down to the Strip unless people are in town. Right. I mean, and even then, we kind of go. Do you, you sure you don't want to meet us? Uh? Right. You want to meet us later? <laughs> yeah. We'll just meet up a little bit later on. That that'll be cool. And you know, I mean, that's like I said, Little Q was in town, and so we, you know, we went out and hung out around town. But for the most part, man, I'm I'm right here, man. I'm right here around the house. I'm as close to the house as possible. I'm not I'm not doing a whole lot, but there's a lot to like about the community that we live in. So that's a, that's a great point as well. 4.44 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out the show. I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. There's still time. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. We had content day at the Raiders facility. If you could sit down and have a conversation with any player, who would it be and why? And outside of the health of Jimmy G, what would be the biggest key in your mind for the Raiders to have a chance of success? In 2023, this is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We get a lot of feedback on the don'tbebroke.com text line, also the phone lines throughout the course of the show. We definitely appreciate that. You can continue to chime in at any point. Had a couple different subjects we've been talking about, one including... What outside the health of Jimmy G will it take? What will it take for the Raiders to have success in 2023? It's a conversation that really got started because I was watching NFL Live, headed on his background noise while I was here at the house in the home studio while my man Jared is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And, you know, Lewis Riddick was really high on the Raiders, and, and really the whole panel was pretty high on the Raiders. Uh, and obviously they always are going to put a little asterisk next to Jimmy G staying healthy, but uh, feel pretty good about the offense being a very good unit as long as he's out there and available. And so for me, for the Raiders to be successful in 2023, it all depends on what the defense looks like. And I was very encouraged talking to Max Crosby today and the fact that he's very excited about the players that they brought in from the Marcus Epps to the Robert Spillanes to, you know, the Duke Shelleys, the Brandon Faisons, guys like that that they brought in in free agency and also the guys that they brought in by way of the draft. And he feels like that they've gotten a lot better and he's the standard. He's the guy that, you know, kind of sets the tone now in the locker room, sets the tone in the practice field. I asked him. I asked him about him running from station to station and making sure he touches the ball first, kicks the ball or whatever, and he said that's just that's just the standard. I want everyone to know it's a competition. He's like, I just run for nothing. I just run because, right? He just I, I run because I want to make sure everyone else is running. If I run, then they have to run. If, if I'm hustling, I just want them to know that that's the standard. That's how we operate here. Uh, he also had mentioned – thought this was pretty cool as well that he he kind of called it almost like a cult right these guys are, are are with him and if they're doing extra gassers after practice you start in this little group and you're running gassers you stick in the group running gassers and if you miss one day you're out of the group running gassers so you don't want to be one of those guys that are sometimey, right oh i'll run gassers yeah. today but i'm not going to run gassers tomorrow if you don't run Ooh. gassers tomorrow you're out Right. I mean, it's just it's just that simple. And so that's the accountability that he's looking to 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 make sure that everyone in that locker room, they, they hold themselves to. That reminds me of uh, a story that. Uh, so whenever I was in high school, terrible football team, we were we won three games in four years. And that when you got hit by a car. Uh, well, yeah, one year I had to take off because I got thrown from a moving car. Um, <laughs> I thought you got hit by a car. I walk into practice. Oh, no, that's that was actually kind of just a regular like everybody got hit by a car. 
We were in the middle of the. No, wait, hold on. How do you just gloss over everybody gets hit by a car? That's not. That's not real. Our our practice field was six blocks away, and it was in the middle of the city. And so you had to walk in your cleats, and every once in a while there was a blind alley where at least once somebody would go, oh, crap, kid, and you'd get hit by somebody's bumper. That's not normal. Like, USC is in the middle of, like, a gun range, but people ain't consistently getting shot, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. I mean, it was not a great high school. Like, I'm not going to lie. Jeez. All right. Well, that explains a lot. Jared consistently getting hit by cars. Uh, But anyway, whatever the cross country, the college cross country team, because we did practice at a college facility, wasn't a good college, but whatever they they would start running. All of a sudden, all the offensive linemen would start like picking up heavy objects and just sort of just being like, "Yo, uh, there's some attractive older ladies. Let's uh, let's Uh -uh. pretend and flex." And I would just laugh, going, "Guys." We, we all weigh like 290 pounds. None of these girls that are twigs are going to be looking at us. <laughs> you guys did whatever you guys had to do to get the attention from the ones you tried to get the attention from. I ain't mad at you. Not mad at all. Uh, Mike hit us up on Twitter, responded to the question about what is it going to take in 2023 for success. And he said, what up, Q? The most important thing to me is Aiden O'Connell balling out. We all know Jimmy G is not making it the whole season, not to be negative, but he has only one, only played one full season in his career. And I'll go with that and say I think that the development of Ed O'Connell is important, right? I think that's very important. And something that I pointed out to, to EA earlier today when we were talking about where they are with the quarterback position, and I think it was right after we talked to Brian Hoyer, the fact that you know, Hoyer's getting all the first-team snaps. I think, Jared, and you know you've done plenty of scouting and all this other stuff. I think it's important right now that Aiden O'Connell is getting those backup quarterback reps. He's not getting third-string quarterback reps. He's getting backup quarterback reps. I think that's important right now. That's absolutely huge. And that's also the fact that he has two guys that have been in the system that we have had reported already that it is complex. And you got two guys where you're like, okay, but what if if the three – like if this isn't open, what am I supposed to do? And both of them can go – well, okay, well, then this should be open or this should be open. Like, right. You have to think through your progressions, and for him to be getting the second-team reps with that level instead right. of, you know, hey, I'm going to pretend to be Russell Wilson this week. Right. There's a huge difference between those two things. No, there is, and I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to act like I know exactly what Aiden O'Connell is going to turn into in his NFL career, but I know just getting those opportunities that he's getting right now have to be big and have to help him at least – try to learn the game and try to develop as quickly as he possibly can. Uh, One quick text, and then we'll close out the show. Raider James said, hey, Q, my question would be for Mark Davis. The question is, would Mark consider selling his part of the team to the fans when he passes? That ensures the team is in good hands forever. And I guess the fans are kind of similar to, like, what they got going on in Green Bay. (laughs) It's not really going to do that. It's not going to happen. But thank you for the text. This is Radio 920.